Hello, you guys, and welcome back to another episode of What's Stopping You with Kelsey Jones. Or if this is your first time listening, I notice I always say welcome back, but it might be the first time you've ever heard of me. Um, Welcome to my podcast. I'm Kelsey Jones, your host. And today's episode is a really, really cool one. I had the awesome opportunity to sit down with Jessica Villa Sicora, and we talk all about her mental health journey as well as how she started a whole foundation all about remedying the mental health crisis in youth through music. It's really, really cool, you guys. It was a really, really inspiring episode, and I know you guys are going to love it. But one thing I want to mention before we dive in is that at the very beginning of the episode, there are a couple audio issues just on my end, not on hers. And I think after the first few minutes of the interview, it like fixes itself and we have it under control. But I've been having issues with my microphone for like a hot second, but now I think I understand what is happening. I think I'm having microphone interference with the headphones that I'm using. I don't know if I'm just crazy, but if you guys ever ever notice like any pops or like hissing sounds in my audio I'm very sorry I'm trying to fix this issue and I think I finally figured it out so hopefully it will be smooth sailing from now on and I just need a new pair of headphones that won't have this issue but yeah I just want to let you know that if you start listening to it and you're like oh my gosh this is not good I'm not going to be able to listen to this for an hour trust me just make it through the first five minutes and it'll be okay my audio quality is just slightly less good (laughs) is that even grammar it's like slightly less good than usual (laughs) you know what I'm saying but it's it's pretty pretty much fine and Jessica sounds great so the episode was a really really insightful one and I feel like it's something that I would love to expand upon and talk more about I do say in this episode that neither of us are mental health professionals and I personally have not dealt with mental health issues in the clinical sense of the term so I wanted to bring Jessica on to talk about her own journey with mental health as well as how she used her experiences to create something incredible, which is her nonprofit super bands. So, like I've probably said six times in this intro, this was an incredible opportunity and something that I'm very, very proud of. And I hope you guys can resonate with it or just kind of like feel less alone by hearing her story because I feel like it's something that has been, I don't know, very stigmatized in the past and now it's finally become a thing, it being mental health. It's finally been become something that is just a lot easier to talk about and become more normalized. So that makes me just so, so happy. Um, but yeah, we're going to go ahead and dive into today's episode. Sorry about the audio issues. Just give me like one more episode and we'll get it all figured out. It's only ever with guest episodes because of the headphone situation and I've never had this issue with the intro or outro and you probably don't care. I'm going to shut up now. Let's get into the episode. Hi, Jessica. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? Oh, I'm great. I'm so excited to have you here. I have been looking forward to this episode for a while now. Why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, what you do, and share about your organization. Yeah, for sure. So I'm Jessica. I am the founder of a nonprofit called Superbands. So the organization is dedicated to building a community of hope that lives at this intersection of mental health and music. So the goal of Superbands is to raise awareness um, globally for the mental health crisis and being able to provide resources to those who are struggling, um, really encourage them to get support. Um, And then we also really wanted to retain this component of magic to the organization. So um, we started to develop these VIP virtual and live event experiences so that young music fans would have the opportunity to get closer to their favorite artists, their favorite bands, um, and making their wishes come true. So not only is it about the awareness component, but this magical component of making wishes come true really is that reminder to um, stay strong and keep rocking on, as we say. (laughs) That's so cute. So I'd love to know a little bit more about your background, like where you grew up, maybe what college you went to, what you studied, and kind of how that got you to starting Superbands. 
Yeah. So I guess like my story is a little bit different because I really had no intention of starting an organization going into college. Um, I went to school to be a dentist, actually. <laughs> um, I did the whole shebang with the biology major. I was a psychology minor, um, went through all four years and got that bio degree. But um, at the end of it, I still felt this component of really wanting to do something just because I personally had struggled with depression, um, really wanted to be be a part of the change and be a part of making a difference for people who struggled like I did. Um, so Superbands kind of came about by accident. Um, and even though I didn't have the business degree or the business background or any, you know, background in really what to even do to start this organization, um, you know, the internet is a wonderful place. And that was just mm -hmm. something I heavily relied on. Um, and yeah, so I decided to take the leap and, and I told myself if it didn't work out, then I would give it up and move forward. But there was just something about it that I couldn't let go of. That's awesome. So I, I remember you saying in our previous conversation that Superbands is actually not your full-time job yet. What else do you do? Yeah, so I actually work full-time in IT. I'm in the project management space for a pharmaceutical company. So it's very, very wow, different. Wow, yeah. Um, kind of juggle a bunch of different things, but I do love how it's afforded me the flexibility to kind of not just, you know, make that paycheck, but being able to still pursue my passion. Is your goal one day to go full-time as the founder of Superbands? Yeah, that would definitely oh be the God. goal. That's I know the that's dream? That, yeah, that's, I know that's something that like kind of gives my parents a heart attack, but it's definitely something that I see in the future. Before we get into today's episode, I want to throw out a little disclaimer that we are going to be speaking from our own experience. Neither of us are necessarily medical professionals in this area, but I definitely wanted to come from a place of speaking of our own journeys and how we deal with things personally. So always feel free to reach out to a medical professional if you need to. We're going to share some resources at the end of this episode that you can use. And yeah, I just wanted to put that out there before we start to not take any of our advice as medical advice, but just ways that you can deal with mental health on your own. And yeah, that's just my little disclaimer to give to y'all. So we'll go ahead and get into it. Our first question that I have is what to you does it mean to be mentally healthy? Yeah, so I actually really like this question because I think that there is a misconception about being mentally healthy. It doesn't necessarily mean that you're happy all the time. Um, unfortunately, no one's life is perfect. So being happy isn't necessarily, you know, realistic to be, to be excited and smiling 24-7. But mentally healthy, I guess, for me is being compassionate toward yourself and realizing that it's okay to have these roller coasters of emotions, especially in this stage of life. Um, it's okay to make mistakes and being able to give yourself grace and realize that, you know, you're not the only person that's dealing with these ups and downs. So definitely give yourself the awareness um, or allow yourself to have that awareness on how you're feeling, um, knowing what works for you and, you know, whatever it takes to get yourself out of these ruts and dark places, because what works for someone else might not necessarily work for you. Yeah, I agree. What I was going to say to answer this question was it's not about being happy all the time, but it's about being able to cope and manage your emotions and just how you feel. I think we all have bad days and we all get sad and we all go through our own struggles and journeys. But I think when you're at your healthiest mentally, you're able to deal with them and process them effectively. I think that's a big um, component of mental health is just you know, being able to take care of yourself and being able to deal with the things that life throws at you. Yeah. And it's okay if, you know, you have these moments where you're crying all the time for like a, a you know, a couple of days straight. It's totally fine. I've definitely been there. Mm -hmm. And I think it's just a matter of realizing, you know, it might just be a bad day, bad couple of days, but it's not a bad life. Yeah. Wow. That's a great, great quote and a great like sentiment to understand. Like we all are going through things on our own. And that doesn't mean that our life is bad or that we were dealt bad cards. It just means that our current situation might not be ideal, but how you react to it and how you deal with it is exactly what is in your control. Yeah, for sure. So I want to talk a little bit about your mental health journey because I personally have never dealt with 
anxiety, with depression, with any like clinically diagnosed mental health disorder. So I have obviously dealt with emotions like stress and maybe like short-term anxiety, but nothing like that has consumed my life. But you definitely have dealt with some major mental health issues as a teenager. So I'd love for you to share your story and how you dealt with it and how you've kind of come out the other side. Yeah, so um, I guess it was it wasn't until around the age of 13 that I started to notice that life was feeling a little bit more dark than it, it used to. Um, I had recently moved to a new town and it was really difficult, especially when you're going through puberty at the time, you know, to, to fit in. And um, girls can be pretty mean, um, especially at that age. And all you really want to do at that age is fit in. You want to belong, you want to have those friends, you want to be popular, you want to feel like you fit in somewhere. Um, And, you know, just moving to a new area just was so difficult to to find that place where I felt like I fit. Um, So there was a lot of, you know, cattiness, there was a lot of bullying. um, And I think that that led to a lot of, you know, loss of self confidence, it led to um, me feeling depressed about myself, I would look in the mirror and, you know, pick out every single thing that I hated about myself. And it eventually led to depression. So I would say that from around the ages of 13 to 17, I was in this pretty dark place. Um, and my family and I, we didn't really talk about things like that. And that was just such a taboo topic. So, um, for me, I heavily relied on music and that's basically what I used to cope. I focused on music and how that helped me. I relied on things like new albums from my favorite bands, interviews, um, live streams at the time, um, and even going to concerts just so I could feel like I was surrounded by people where, or people who were thinking like I did or who, who made me feel like I belonged somewhere. So concerts really were my escape because it was that one place that I felt like I could fit in. I would love to know what are some of your favorite bands or the concerts that you went to during that time? Because I know we could all use a throwback. <laughs> um, I guess it's not even necessarily a throwback anymore. So the Jonas Brothers were oh my, my number God. one. A resurgence. I was, <laughs> I was obsessed and it doesn't help that they've decided to release new music now that I'm an adult <laughs> um, and I'm trying my best not to fangirl. But yeah, the Jonas Brothers were really like that number one band for me growing up and so did you get to go to their concert? I did, yeah. Okay, amazing. We love that. Yes, incredible. Yeah, I, I had like an amazing time. It was honestly, it was also a really great opportunity to actually remind myself about why I started super bands. Like that feeling that you got out of concert, that's what I'm going for. And that's what I'd love for every music fan to have that one night mm-hmm. to remember. Oh, wow. Yeah, I remember my first concert was Hannah Montana. I think I was 12. And that was just a great moment. And I, (laughs) yeah, I actually had another favorite band in high school called The Neighborhood. They have like a famous song called Sweater Weather. Yeah. Yeah. And that was a concert that I went to. They came to Austin every single year for basically like six years. And I went to their concert every single year. So I know that feeling of like, you cannot wait for the concert to happen again or cannot wait for the next arrival of your favorite band in your city. So yeah, right, yeah. I remember that. That's good little throwback, uh, the Mems. I want them to come back. They haven't come back in a hot <laughs> minute. They kind of, their band kind of broke up a little bit, but not really. Yeah, that's what happened to the Jonas Brothers. It happens. Yeah, I'm putting positivity out into the universe. They're coming back. <laughs> Well, I want to talk about more how you can deal with mental health or just like emotions in general on a day-to-day basis. Because if we think of the current state of our world, it's obviously very different than we anticipated it to be. And it can be a lot for us to deal with mentally. So I would love for you to talk about maybe just day-to-day activities or forms of self-care or just ways that you've coped with mental health issues or just the pandemic going on, anything like that? Yeah, so you're right. It really is different because the one thing that I relied on when I was younger were the live events and the concerts, which of course aren't happening right now. But I guess in terms of what I do today, I do rely on 
a support system, you know, having close friends and family who I do feel comfortable opening up to, um, you know, not every friend, I don't divulge into every single facet of my life with every friend, you know, I talk to certain friends about relationships, I talk to certain friends about Mm -hmm. family issues and personal issues, other ones about career. Um, So having that small support system, um, I definitely don't have any shame in saying that when I need it, um, I do speak to a therapist, you know, an unbiased opinion is really great. And it's a nice way to be able to vent and not filter myself when I'm talking about people in my life, when I'm talking about topics in my life and having that professional opinion, um, especially considering, you know, there's only so much you can do from just like online research and having that real person to speak to um, through online video chatting is fantastic. Um, I think a lot of people, I've noticed this as well in around where I live, that it seems like a lot of people are finally getting outside. Um, I've always been pretty outdoorsy, especially having two very active dogs. But um, it seems like we're seeing more and more people being outside, a lot more kids playing outside, a lot more families spending time outside together. Um, I think it's really great to be able to get outside in nature. Um, I do love, you know, taking walks, going hiking. Um, it definitely helps clear my head when I feel like I'm getting overwhelmed. So, and, and it doesn't have to be huge things for self-care. It could be as simple as, you know, reading a book um, uninterrupted or taking a long bath or just binging your favorite Netflix series. It's, it's the little things that just kind of recharge you and every day looks different, you know, kind of understand yourself and understand how you're feeling and see what feels right that day. Yeah, I totally agree. And one thing that you mentioned that I wanted to elaborate on a little bit is therapy. And I feel like nowadays, I am surprised and like, pleasantly surprised, like how much more normalized therapy is becoming. And as my friends that have dealt with mental health issues, reaching out to therapists and feeling comfortable to do that, I feel like is so, so important. So I'm here to say that if you ever need to talk to someone or you ever like are going through something, therapy is so helpful and normal and okay. And you should never be embarrassed by that or anything like that. And I wish I could just scream that from the rooftops because I feel like everybody at some point is going to go through something, whether that be a loss or mental health issue or you don't even have to be going through something to go through to a therapist, but I feel like there will be some point in your life in which therapy can be really beneficial, and I want everyone to seek out that help if they need it. Yeah, no, I agree. I think when I was younger, when I was first dealing with all of these issues, therapy wasn't even on my radar. That wasn't something that people really openly talked about. Um, and the nice thing is you're right. People are feeling more comfortable talking about it, you know, saying that they go to a therapist and, um, you know, I think the more that people just open up the conversation and normalize it, I think the more, um, I guess like the more accepted that Mm -hmm. I I almost want to say accepted, but it's already accepted. So I think it's just a matter of, even if you just give it a try once and if you absolutely hate it, then (laughs) maybe either the therapist wasn't right for you yeah. or maybe you can try again another time. But um, I found a lot of great help through seeing a therapist and just really just venting is, yeah. is the best way to put it. Yeah. And I think the great thing about going to a therapist is they're there to listen and not to give their biased opinion. Like you said, like talking to your friends is good and fine up until some point where you actually need someone to guide you on the right path that doesn't have an opinion on the matter. So I think, yeah, it can be really helpful and a great tool. So I highly recommend using therapy if that is something that you need. But in terms of other forms of self-care, I'll talk about some things that I do. I totally agree with getting outside. Up until the pandemic, I live in Austin, Texas. It's a beautiful outside. I live downtown off the lake. Like It's a gorgeous area to live. And I still didn't get outside very much. And now that I've tried to get outside so much more, I've just enjoyed what nature has to offer. And I find it really peaceful and relaxing. I remember, I don't know if I talked about this in the podcast, but I remember at one point I was just really stressed this summer and I started running and I would run from my apartment down to the river. And that's like 
a mile each way or something. And that was like the highlight of my week or my day or whenever I would get to do that because I would just have my headphones in, music blasting. I can play sad music. I can play like really hardcore rap music, like whatever makes me happy in that moment. And I can just be with myself and think about myself and process my feelings. And that was just so therapeutic in in and of itself. So highly recommend doing that, you guys, if you need any any um, ways to get outside and get active, like running is great. I hate running. And I was going to say, I hate running. <laughs> yes, I absolutely hate running. But for some reason, just like the feeling of running until you get to like a beautiful place and you just stop and catch your breath and you just watch the sunset. Uh, it just hits different. It's also it's like so a moment good. of like freedom. You're almost like yeah. escaping where you're you're running away from, I guess, like reality and finding your your peaceful place. Yeah. And especially considering we've been cooped up inside for months on end, like, I think it was nice to just like get physically away from where I was staying, you know, I was tired of being in one place all the time. So that was definitely helpful. But in terms of other self-care, I want to make a whole episode on self-care. So I don't want to just like talk for hours about self-care because I totally could. But in terms of like keeping myself happy and healthy, I really try to prioritize exercise, just fueling my body. I think people don't realize the connection of eating healthy and how that affects your brain. Because if you're eating McDonald's and cookies all day, that is not, you know, fueling your brain properly to make you know, the happy hormones in your brain or to make your body feel good at all. You know, if you don't feel good all day, that's not going to make you happy, you know. So I highly recommend maybe trying to eat a little healthier and see how that makes you your mind and your body feel as well as I I'm a work a bit of a workaholic, I would say. And I feel like I'm kind of the person that stresses myself out just a little bit too much. And I have found that just prioritizing and scheduling self-care or just like relaxation time into my days has made a world of difference and not just waiting until I'm so burned out that I want to have a mental breakdown and cry all all day. Yeah, like right. not waiting until I get to that point to take care of yourself. Make sure you're taking care of yourself so that you don't get to that point. Exactly. And if you feel like you don't have time, then schedule the time. Yes. Just block it out. Yes. I think I talked about this in last week's episode is I really focus on scheduling my time so that I'm scheduling my meetings in, but I'm also scheduling my me time in. My calendar isn't just for work. It's for my whole life. It's a lifestyle calendar. It's not just a work calendar. So I schedule you know, my morning cup of coffee and like journaling in the morning or reading in the morning, or I schedule, you know, my bubble bath into my calendar or going to a workout (laughs) class or whatever it might be. Like all of that fits into my calendar, just like, you know, work would. Okay. So I think we kind of touched on this, but considering we are staying in a lot more than we used to, what would you say that you do whenever you're feeling down? And you're maybe not around other people to kind of help cheer you up. I know I'm very extroverted. So if I'm in a bad mood, like just going and hanging out with my friends immediately makes me feel better. But we we aren't always in that situation where we can do that anymore. So how would you say that you deal with, you know, just feeling down or depressed or anything like that when you're just by yourself? Yeah. So honestly, I still love music and will listen to all kinds of music depending on my mood. Mm-hmm. It could be as crazy as, you know, like a old Disney classic or you know, <laughs> it could be like anything like on the Billboard top hits. But um, I like I've started to kind of take up different kinds of hobbies, like to your point about eating healthier. Um, I wanted to see if I could cook and bake a little more often and get a little bit better at it. Um, I bought cookbooks and I tried things, you know, seeing what works, but doesn't. Um, And it, it didn't just save my health, I guess, but it also is saving money. Um, Eating healthier is not expensive. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I have two things to say about that. One, I feel like people that don't cook and then start to cook will realize how like fun and creative it can be. And that's why I personally love cooking because once you've learned how to cook and like you know how to not burn food, like you can just 
show up in the kitchen, open the fridge and be like, what am I going to make today? And just throw something together and be creative with like your spices or the sauces or anything, um, what you're going to mix together, what vegetables you're going to use. That's like the part of cooking that I love is just like having the freedom to do whatever I want. So that's like one great hobby to have because it is very like freeing and creative. And then the other thing is I do want to say, I don't know why there's this misconception that eating healthy is so expensive. Like organic produce can be healthy. This is so off topic, but organic (laughs) produce can be expensive, but even non-organic produce is significantly cheaper than buying all the junk food that you would typically buy. Right. Yes, exactly. Or like the processed things that you just mm-hmm. have to defrost. Yes, those are so expensive. It might be just expensive. like $2 more, but it adds up yeah. if that's all you're buying. Yeah, and highly recommend Trader Joe's for cheap produce. If you have a Trader Joe's near you, it's so cheap. It's ridiculous. But yeah, I definitely would recommend trying to get like your your health and your eating and your cooking situation in check because it can be fun and it can be really good for you. Do you have anything else you'd say? Yeah, no, I I agree. Uh, I think so for a while, I kind of fell off the whole working out wagon when the pandemic first started. I was so bad. I was like, you know what? I'm going to use this time to indulge and treat myself. I'm not seeing anyone. It doesn't matter. Um, But honestly, I felt kind of awful about myself and I felt awful like lazy. I didn't want to do anything. Um, but yeah, when I started eating healthier, I figured, you know, what's next. The next part is to make sure that I'm staying active, not just taking the dogs for a walk or going for walks myself, but, you know, actually working out and having those, um, again, blocked, blocked periods on my calendar where I just focus on, you know, getting myself into better shape and getting back to where I used to be. So, um, yeah, I think I've just been focusing on myself and I think this was a really great opportunity to, um, for me, I'm also a workaholic, so it was an opportunity for me to slow down and mm-hmm, you know same. realize that maybe this isn't all bad. This is a chance for me to take care of myself. And when things return to normal, I have every intention of maintaining these hot these hobbies like cooking and baking and exercising. And I'm going to keep it on my calendar because I think I am a nicer, better, healthier person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And for me, I would say that baking was a big one during quarantine. I literally have never baked as much as I did when I was in quarantine. And I mainly stayed at my parents' house. So I will say I wasn't like fully alone. When you're like 100% alone, if you live in like a studio apartment, like girl, I feel for you, that's probably really hard. And you probably don't want my advice of just saying go FaceTime your friends or set up a Zoom call because everybody's tired of all of those. But I would say just find ways to enjoy being alone because I know people that really hate just sitting with themselves and being by themselves. And a lot of times it's because they don't like who they are as a person. So maybe you could spend this time like realizing what you don't like about yourself and how you can use this time to work on it and become a better person and, you know, use use it as an opportunity to develop yourself into the person that you are. Because trust me, once you are really happy with where you are and confident in who you are, you'll enjoy being alone at times. You know, nobody enjoys being alone all the time. I get that. But I think just framing it in a way that if you can just learn to love and accept yourself, you will actually enjoy having that alone time a little bit more. Yeah, for sure. Like use the time wisely. Yeah. And I think everyone's tired of saying like get a hobby, but it's actually really true. Like this is a great time to maybe even check the things off your to-do list that you haven't been able to do, you've been too busy to do, or interests that you've never been able to explore. Like, for example, I recently started going golfing with my friend And I never knew that I would enjoy golfing as much as I did. And so that's like a hobby that I got to explore. I know that's like not indoors, but um, I would just say like find, find something new that you can try. Maybe try to like do a different thing like every single day. Try a new workout every single day or every other day. Every single day seems excessive, but um, <laughs> like every other day, try a new workout or, you know, do new things to break up the monotony of the, you know, every day and 
just like find ways to motivate and make yourself passionate about what you're doing. And I feel like that will just immediately pull you out of like a sad, lonely slump. Yeah, no, I agree. And I think to your point about things being monotonous, I think I definitely agree with that. I do feel like some days just feel the same. Mm -hmm. Um, So maybe give yourself something to look forward to. So at the end of the week, I'm going to treat myself to a cookie somewhere um, or like an ice cream um, or, you know, treat yourself to a FaceTime call with your friends and um, just give yourself something to look forward to to help you get through. I know not every day is going to be fun. I know that, you know, there's work, there's school, there's things that we hate about the weekdays, um, but help get yourself through it by, you know, getting excited about something a few days past. Yeah, I completely agree with that. So one question that I got that is definitely a difficult one to navigate, so I'm curious on your opinion. How have you learned how to talk with your family about mental health, or how did you recommend someone bring up a mental health issue to your family? Because I know it can be really sensitive and really not, I wouldn't say controversial is the right word, but it can spur a lot of emotions on either side. So how would you say that you would deal with talking to your family about mental health? Yeah. So honestly, again, like every family is going to be different. I know there are families who don't believe in mental illness or believe that mental health is important. Um, But I don't want people to think that it means that they shouldn't open up to anyone. Um, Personally, from my experience, my family was never too open about mental health or emotions. Um, My my parents, even when I was little, we weren't like the type of they weren't the type of parents to tell me that, you know, they love me, they're proud of me, but like it was kind of an understood understood. Yeah. Um, So talking about me being sad or how I'm feeling just wasn't something that was normal for us. So that's why I had personally kept it bottled up. I definitely regret that. It wasn't until I started super bands that I started opening them up about this story. And now my, my parents, my family, my relatives, people who I grew up around, who I kept this a secret from, um, we're all becoming more open, but it shouldn't take a tragedy. It shouldn't take um, you know, the loss of someone or someone feeling miserable for years in order to open up about it. Um, I do think that, you know, we need to realize that we can't keep all of these emotions bottled up. If your family doesn't want to, you know, engage in these conversations, you can open up to other trusted people, whether it's, you know, an extended family member, like an aunt or a godparent, or it could be a close friend, maybe a teacher or a counselor, but don't give up on your family. I do think that no matter what, if you, whether you do see a therapist until your family's ready to open up about it, understand that, you know, everyone has different mindsets that might be cultural, religious, um, it might just be like the ways that they were brought up, but you know, you can take baby steps toward opening up these conversations. Maybe write your mom or dad a letter so that you, there is no confrontation, or maybe share, um, you know, share some of these experiences that you've had that maybe have caused some of these emotions. Um, don't put the blame on them. Just, you know, be open about how you're feeling. And yeah, again, I don't think you should give up on them if they aren't ready maybe to open up of these conversations now. Take it step by step. Take it one day at a time, one step at a time. Um, they'll get there. And I 100% didn't think that, that would be this case for my parents. My parents are very conservative. They don't talk about this stuff, but they got there. And I think that that's something to, you know, keep keep in mind that, you know, it just takes might take time some families might take longer than others but just give them a little grace and and while you're doing that give yourself a little grace and and realize that unfortunately you know maybe at least for me my mom is not super um emotionally there and emotionally supportive and that's (laughs) fine I've come to realize Mm -hmm. that and she does know how I feel Um, but I've opened up to people like therapists. I've opened up to friends and at least my mom knows how I'm feeling. Um, and we can have those conversations every once in a while, but she's not my therapist. So I don't treat her like my therapist. Yeah. I would say in to answer this question is to, again, find little ways to bring it up to them, but also understand that, yeah, your family might not understand or they might not be the best people to talk to. I think it's important to recognize that, yeah, your family is your family, but sometimes they're not always the most supportive of everything that you do. And I think a lot of people will agree with that. I'm sure 
all of us have done something in our lives that our mom or our dad is just like not having it. And one thing that it made me think of is actually personally, whenever I felt like I couldn't talk to my family about what I was going through, or I just like didn't want to talk to them, I would always go to my coaches. So if you're in sports, I think your coaches are kind of a great place to start as well because they are so invested in you. I was a gymnastics coach and let me say that I was so invested in each and every one of my athletes. And so like if any of them ever need anything, I would always, always want them to open up to me. So um, that's like something I did for sure was open up to my gymnastics coach to talk to them about how I was feeling or what I was going through or like boy issues or literally anything that I didn't really want to bring up to my parents. I think coaches are a great place to go to. And if it gets to the point where you actually need to see like a therapist or a medical professional or something like that, they will know. And they'll, you know, maybe reach out to someone that can help you along the way. Um, And it doesn't have to be necessarily your parents to be the ones to quote unquote help you. Yeah, no, for sure. And definitely seek out those that support system. It doesn't, you're right, doesn't have to be your family, it could just be a friend, but people, more people care about you than you think. Um, that's definitely a lesson that I've learned. Um, and, you know, people are willing to help you in times of, especially in times of need. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's something that I cannot stress enough is that there are so many people out there that care about you and are thinking about you. And even when you feel the most alone, like there are so many people that are there to support you, even if you don't feel like they are. Like if I had a friend that I knew in high school, but I'm not close to anymore and they came to me and they needed something, like I would be there in a heartbeat. And there's so many people like that out there. So I would say that don't be afraid to reach out to people, especially like if it's not your best friend and you're like, I don't know if I should talk to her or him or not. Like just do it because there's so many people are there to help you that, yeah, I don't know. I think that's just a good reminder that you're not in it alone and everyone's going through something too. So you're never alone, people. So the next question I think is really, really important because I know a lot of people that listen to this podcast are either in college, going into college, or like pretty soon post-grad. So like we're all generally adults here. So how would you recommend that people deal with mental health in college or maybe just post-grad moving to a new city or just at any time when you feel like you don't yet have your solid support system, maybe you don't have your friend group yet, you're a freshman in college, or you just moved to a new city for a new job and you haven't like found your place yet and you're kind of you know going it alone a little bit, how would you say that you should deal kind of with mental health in that way? Yeah, so I think it's important, like I said before, I think it's important to be aware of yourself and how you're feeling, especially when you're going into a new town, a new school, you're very unfamiliar with the settings, Um, similar to how it is with the pandemic, really focus on yourself and really understand um, your workload, your course load, how busy you are. Um, It doesn't matter how busy you might be or you know how involved you want to be in school it's very easy to get caught up in go 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 um, but you really need to understand yourself and know your limits I know when I was in college that I wanted to be involved in literally everything um, and you need to realize that you cannot do it all you can you know you can start somewhere and then maybe try something else later on but um, if you're juggling too many balls and having them all up in the air you're going to drop something Um, So definitely, to your point, find yourself that support system. It doesn't have to be just classmates. It can be people like faculty members, advisors, uh, coming from like a school setting. Um, I know colleges, most, if not all, I think, offer mental health services that for the most part are usually free. So use them, take advantage um, if you do have them available. If not, there are many counselors who are living locally. Um, There are online counseling services that um, even I personally use that I could totally vouch for um, if you really just want to talk to somebody. Um, And then simple things. You don't have to spend money with a therapist or anything like that. You can do simple things like journaling. Journal your experience in this new town. Um, You know, 
journal how you're feeling and maybe what you're excited about. And meditation is very, very simple. It's free. It takes five minutes or less if you want to do it super fast. Um, go out for walks in nature. Um, I know that clearing your head can be really important, especially when you have so much going on. You have so much on your to-do list. Um, definitely just um, really understand yourself and um, take advantage of the resources around you. Um, not all of them might be free, but you know, if you're willing to um, you know, pay a little bit for, for resources, that's great. If not, there are online resources, there are free websites and online things on literally just Google it and you might find something great. Um, the internet is great. And um, yeah, there's so many resources around you. So um, really just take advantage of what, what you have at your fingertips, whether it's locally or whether it's online. Yeah. And one thing that I did mention in last week's episode, if you listened to the episode all about the things that I wish I knew going into college, was actually this kind of same thing where it takes time to find the people that you will surround yourself with and who will be your support system in wherever new place that you're at. So I think it's just important to realize that stuff like that takes time and you might be you know, struggling a little bit or stressed out. But just know that if you can be patient and optimistic, which I know is easier said than done for sure, but if you can just be patient and optimistic and keep putting yourself into situations that serve you well and will help you make solid friends that are maybe interested in the same things as you, especially in college joining organizations that you're interested in, you will not only help find your support system, but also that'll probably help your mental health along the way because you're, you know, making friends and doing things that you enjoy. So I think those kind of go straight hand in hand. And post-grad is definitely a whole other can of worms because, you know, you're not in college anymore. You're in, you're, I mean, you might be in a huge city of people that you don't know, but maybe just find ways to reconnect with people that you might have known previously in your life that are in the new city and see if you can um, go go about you know making connections that way but also again like you said just realizing that this is a great time for you to focus on yourself and you know um, dealing with those struggles from within and not necessarily seeking outside help at all times I'm sure a lot of us can navigate a lot of things on our own. So highly recommend, you know, taking advantage of the resources that we're about to share in just a minute, but also, you know, working on yourself and becoming the person that you want to be as well whenever you do have the time to do so. Yeah, no, I agree. I think that just coming from like the corporate world, I know that my company, at least, and I know a lot of companies, um, they have things that are like clubs, like employee resource groups, um, where you can, you know, connect with people outside of your day to day work. Um, I've met some really, really incredible friends who I still keep in touch with, even though we don't work directly together um, through those those groups at work. Um, even things like local, I don't know how prominent they are right now, but local sports clubs, like jujitsu yeah. clubs, I think they uh -huh. have like outdoor classes. They have free classes. Take advantage of any free classes, especially now that a lot of um, uh, exercise classes are offering free classes. Um, take an opportunity to meet people while, you know, staying active. I know that when I had a friend move to a new town, he had on his, he created a bucket list of things he wanted to do. He tried every coffee place in the city and that was part of his list and it gave him. That's a lot <laughs> of money. A lot let's, to talk about. let's think about how much money that is. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, I think that's, exactly like the way to go and like for example I'll say I have met so many great friends just within my department at my job currently mm -hmm. and we'll like go out to eat I mean this is like pre-corona but like we would go out to eat or we would you know go on walks together Austin again has, has great outdoor areas and places to go on walks or like go kayaking or paddleboarding or anything like that or just going on like a coffee date yeah it's actually a lot easier than you would expect to make friends through work and then by making friends through work you can easily make mutual friends or meet their mutual friends that way or you know figure out like where you fit into the community of it all and I would say like not only does that work in the corporate world, but also like through college classes and, you know, the organizations you get involved in. So 
kind of going back to mental health in college, I think the best way to do it is to put yourself into situations where you can find that support system. And when you, you know, first start out and don't have the support system, figure out how you can, you know, take care of yourself the best that you can. And if you do need that outside help, go seek, you know, the outside help. Yeah, for sure. So the last thing that I want you to share are some of your favorite or best well-known mental health resources. And you actually shared a lot. So why don't you go ahead and talk through, you know, what each of these are and when you should use them. Yeah. So um, I, I know that just coming from the perspective of super bands, um, no one on my team other than the advisors we have um, are mental health professionals. So in my head, I, I, there's no point of me reinventing the wheel. There are really a lot of great resources out there who compile free content, whether it's educational resources, some of them are like just free mental health screenings to kind of get a wellness check on yourself. Um, there are websites like AFSP, which is the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention, um, National Alliance of Mental Illness, which is NAME, NAMI, as well as Mental Health America. Those are three really great mental health um, uh, organizations that have a lot of resources that are completely free, um, locating therapists online that are in your community or using a, an online thing to find counselors in your area or professionals in different types of uh, mental health conditions. Um, like I said earlier, I use online counseling and there are a lot of websites like that where you can connect with a licensed therapist and just speak with them online, whether it's through video chat, um, whether it's through a text chat. Um, so websites like Talkspace as well as BetterHelp are really great resources. Um, and of course, there are um, different hotlines that you can contact, which vary based on your location. But there are many of them that are 24-7, where if you feel like you need to talk to someone right away, um, you can contact the crisis hotline or the crisis text line. So one is like a phone call. The other one is just a text or a text chat. Um, and you can speak to someone and be directly connected with, um, you know, a trained uh, volunteer who can kind of walk you through it, kind of talk you, talk you down, kind of de-escalate some of these big feelings. Um, it definitely doesn't replace a phone call to 911 if you do need that medical help. But if you just need to talk to someone, the crisis hotline and text line are completely free. And there's a list of them on the Superbands website. Um, based on your country, as well as on these other websites that I mentioned earlier. So there's a lot of great resources out there. Um, I wish that it was all in just one central place. I know it's kind of all over the place, um, but there's, you know, really based on whatever it is that you need, there honestly most likely is something out there for you. So definitely don't be afraid to Google the heck out of whatever you need. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And of course, I will have everything that she just said linked in the description of the episode because I want y'all to check all of them out and see, you know, if they have the resources that you need. I'm sure you can find something to help you out on one of those websites. That was a ridiculous amount of websites, but they're all helpful resources for sure. For sure, yeah. Well, I actually had one more question. I wanted to ask, how can people get involved in super bands? Yeah, so I am always, almost always, looking for interns. Oh, awesome. Wow, we love that. What kind of interns? Let's talk about it for a second. No, I'm, I'm pretty open. I always frame it that I want you to craft your dream internship because I knew that when I was in college, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. Um, I really wanted different types of experience. Um, I wanted to understand different career paths. Um, so always looking for interns. Um, and then more than anything, um, I am doing a lot of market research based on um, or just to develop some of these VIP experiences, um, especially for music fans. I would love your input on what does your dream VIP music experience look like so that we can craft these experiences for those who are struggling with bullying or depression or other mental health conditions uh, would love to get them that, you know, dream experience at the concert of their favorite artists, get them front row, get them to meet the artist, um, get, put a little magic in their life and make a wish come true so that, you know, when life is hard, um, when things are tough, that they have these memories to hold on to. And it's it's such a big undertaking and it's mm -hmm. such a big dream for, you know, someone like me who is not, you know, affiliated with any of these big 
uh, record labels or organizations, but it's definitely something that the world is missing yeah. that we could fill. We could definitely fill this need, um, but I can't do it alone. I need to figure out, you know, what works, what doesn't. I need um, as much input as I could get um, because um, you never know whose life you could change. Um, and if I just change one person's life, then I think Superman's did its job. So would definitely love to make that wish come true for at least one person um, in, I would say, a year. Let's, <laughs> let's set that time Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think definitely the pandemic has put a damper in, you know, the whole concert scene and probably, you know, your organization for sure. But it, I'm sure it gives you plenty of time to ideate and, like, come up with new ideas for what the future of Superbands could look like. Yeah, definitely. So if people are interested in this internship, because I know so many people have lost internships or have not been able to have the experience that they need during college, is there a place that they can apply or how can they reach out to you to, you know, express interest? Yeah, so right now my team is actually working on developing some of the the application portal and some of these materials, but if anyone is interested, feel free to just jump on the Superbands website and reach out via the contact form. Um, It goes directly to me and I can sift through anyone who's interested and send them the appropriate resources and links. All right. Awesome. And lastly, is it a remote position? Is it cool if you live in a different area? Yes. Yeah. All of our interns are have always been remote. Um, cool. And it's pretty cool. We actually have one intern who lives in France um, wow. and all around the world. So awesome. um, it's been fun. It's been fun to connect people with people that they wouldn't have otherwise connected with. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Wow. Well, that was awesome. Thank you so much for being on today's episode, Jessica. Why don't you go ahead and let everyone know where they can find you and where they can find Superbands? Yeah, so you can find Superbands online at www.superbands.org. And our Instagram and Twitter handles are the same. So they're at Superbands, but there's an underscore, unfortunately. So Superbands underscore (laughs) for both Instagram and Twitter. And you can find all the links to our socials on the website. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Like I said, I will always have all the resources, those links to the socials, everything in the description of the episode. So if you want to find any of those, just head to the description. But yeah, that's all I have for today's episode. Thank you so much for being on my podcast, Jessica. Thanks for having me. All right, you guys, that is it for today's episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it. If you did, be sure to give my podcast a five-star rating. And if you have a minute, write a short little review. I love hearing you guys' feedback and I love entertaining all the ideas that you guys have for future upcoming episode ideas. I have so much content in the works, you guys. I have been so inspired and excited by this podcast and where it's been going. I say this, I feel like at the end of every episode, but you guys are the best. I am so, so grateful for each and every one of you. Um, But yeah, I hope you enjoyed this. And if you want more episodes kind of in the same vein, please let me know. I loved recording with Jessica today and I would love to talk more about mental health, maybe have a psychologist or therapist on the podcast. So yeah, if you would be interested in that, just let me know on Instagram. You can always find me at What's Stopping You Podcast as well as my personal Instagram, which is just at Kelsey Lynn Jones. And like I said, all the resources and links that we shared in today's episode will always, always be in the description. But that is all I got for you guys. I hope you have a great rest of your week and I will see y'all in the next one. Bye.